Hi everyone, welcome to the Daily Kofefe on Unsafe Space. Today is Tuesday, the 21st of January, 2020, which I can't believe is true still. Um, and I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by a woman in a hat from Texas named Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. Good day. Good day to you, Carrie. <laughs> uh, Carter and I, welcome to Daily Kofefe. We apologize for both being butthole versions of ourselves yesterday. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. We were just having a rough day and it showed. It's fine. <laughs> and Carter informed me we lost five subscribers. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to share that with the audience, Carrie. I was, that was I just for you. Oh, sorry. You can cut that part. But we no, heard you. No kidding. <laughs> we heard you loud and clear. Yeah. Not that you will hear this because you've left, but we apologize. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I knew while we were in it, I knew we were in a funk. Like you weren't into what I was talking yeah. about and I wasn't into what you were talking about. And it took a while to try and get back. We At the end, we pulled it together and we had a conversation. But at the beginning, I was like talking into the void and then you were talking into the <laughs> void and then yeah. we weren't connecting. And then at the end, we came together. But anyway, thank you yeah. for those It was total funk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're sorry, subscribers. It's okay. It's, we're not going to have, every day's not going to be the best show in the world. It's fine. Um, so. Right. Can I tell you something funny to kick this off? Yes. So when you are going through, when you are sad, you might be a person like me who's tempted to listen to sad playlists of music, <laughs> <laughs> which surprisingly d- doesn't help. It makes things worse. It's like a, a What's that word? Ouroboros. Wallowing. What's the what's the snake eating his tail? Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Oh, I know Ouroboros. what you mean. You it's know, like I, you mean like a like a Mobius strip. I'm not sure what you're talking about. No, there's a word for the symbol of a snake eating its tail. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you are. I'm not that educated. Anyway, it's like an I'm probably mispronouncing it. It's like an Ouroboros of sadness. Because the sadness, you don't know where it stops, begins, and ends. Because you listen to the playlist, and it's making it worse. So I discovered on Spotify, for those of you who have Spotify, there's a happy in-between. It's a playlist called Sad Rap. So <laughs> it's sad, but it's also rap. Nice. <laughs> so it makes me feel like I'm hard. Well, By the I'm way, crying. you're right. I looked it up. It's uh, O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S. Ouroboros is the name. Ouroboros, yeah. yes. It's an Ouroboros of pain. (laughs) (laughs) An Ouroboros of pain. I don't have a playlist like that for um, (laughs) sadness, but I do for anger. And I know this is going to sound really weird, but... uh, Oh, I've got one too. You know um, the Nine Inch Nails album, Downward Spiral? Yes. (laughs) There's like anger, anger, anger. And then there's like like a kind of an intermission. I think the song is called A Warm Place. It's like short and kind of like, it's like this like little release, like this pause. And usually if I listen to the album right up until the pause, like that pause transitions me out of anger and I'm done and I can stop listening to the album. It's really weird. Good. I don't have a sad one though. Do you have a sad, like an exit sadness playlist? Not one that helps me exit. Well, sad rap is, sad rap is doing wonders now. Yeah. No, you got to have a playlist that like allows you to embrace it and then helps you move on, which is what what the Nine Inch Nails album does for me, but I don't know. There is this on YouTube. There's a I looked for a sad playlist. This is a week or so ago, and I found this sad. It was like sad 
music. I can't remember what it was called, but it gave you the impression that it was the kind of playlist that's going to lift you out of sorrow. But no, it was like at the end, you're like, let's, <laughs> let my wrist. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. But, but yeah, at the end, it was just, no, this is not a good playlist. Exit, exit. <laughs> there was that, what's that old joke about listening to country music backwards? You get your dog back, your wife back, your house back. So maybe you just have to listen to country hey, music backwards. <laughs> I don't know that joke, but that's a good joke. Um, okay, so today we are going to talk about Lawrence Fox, who is a British actor. And I had I was, no idea who he was. Did you know him before this? I had no idea who he was either, but now I do. Um, and he's a British actor who is now notable to me and Carter. For and many being, others, I'm sure. And many others for not kowtowing to my old belief system and on some vacuous st- Stupid looking <laughs> British television show called Question Time. I feel like all on. British television shows are the same. They're all like these kind <laughs> of like, I don't know. They're all, I feel like there's like British TV is full of question shows where they have actors and people answer questions from the audience. Is that not true? It just seems like a very common thing. It's, yes. It seems they're, they're pretty, I don't know. They all, they all kind of seem like the same thing to me. Yes, I agree. I but, guess when your main channels are named BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, yeah. B, like your creativity is not your, not at its peak. No, it's government. They, they they got a show format and they're gonna stick with it. Yeah, it's the government. All right, anyway. but anyway, so they so he's on this show and he um, refused to play the game that they play that celebrities play, which is most celebrities have now converted to woke SJW ideology or at least they speak it they know they know enough they know what side their bread is butter on so they know enough to speak it right. whether or not they're uh, true believers but he refused and actually and no one cares whether they're true believers they just want them to show deference to so yeah right so i first heard about this before uh i would say critical thinkers and uh, actual critical thinkers and, and wrong thinkers were talking about it i heard about it because of one of the awful people awful people that I follow on Twitter. We talked about you and I follow some <laughs> horrible people. By the <laughs> way, Carrie, just wait, I have to be transparent with everyone. Carrie is in a, not a very uh, magnanimous mood with respect to the public today. So awful oh. people are, <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit, uh, It's you know, she's like, I can't stand people today. She's, this is, she's in this mood today. So, okay, who's the awful person or what happened with the awful person? No, I don't know who the awful person is. I'm just saying, some SJW who I follow had retweeted the woman in the audience who asked him the woke question. Yes. And then I went to her profile. This is how I first heard about it because the SJWs were gloating as if this was some kind of win for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh gosh, what happened? And at first I'm trusting them, which I shouldn't have done. I'm like, oh, what did they do? You know? Oh no, it's a win. Oh, no, it's a win. But it wasn't. I watched it. I'm like, this isn't a win for them at all. He refused. And she is some academic because, of course, she is. And she's on Twitter talking about, like, the work I do. She's one of those kinds about, like, the work I do. Oh, the work oh, Carrie. It's hard. Do have you have you a tweet? S- well, I have. I do have a tweet. I also have, just to be clear, her. Hold on here. Pull up her profile. Well, I have this, which is her profile where she teaches. Um, oh, and but I also just in a, just so you know, in her Twitter profile, uh, <laughs> her Twitter profile says, 
Okay, so... Okay, here's her Twitter profile. <laughs> Look at her hashtag. Can you read her hashtag? Yes, hashtag. Well, first of all, university lecturer, race and ethnicity researcher. Of course you are. <laughs> right. Here's my Instagram handle. And hashtag, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Wow, one I, could you be more arrogant than that? I, yeah, I, I know. Right? One thinks very, very highly of themselves. Like that is, that's insane. But if you if you scroll, I down, am your hope and your dream. Yeah. All right. Okay. So here's the tweet I was talking about from three days ago. Okay. Thank you for the amazing support that I have received after BBC Question Time. This work isn't easy. They always say that. This work isn't easy. Being a black academic researching race and ethnicity isn't easy. Having conversations with ill-informed, privileged people isn't easy. But this is what I came to do. It's simultaneously, uh, woe is me, humble bragging. I this isn't easy. I do this hard work. It's it's all these disgusting things rolled into one. It's insulting anyone who disagrees with you as ill-informed and privileged <laughs> off the bat. Uh it's it's just like I mean, I was thinking about it cuz again, I I think a good rule of thumb is to try not to be a hypocrite. Any criticism you have about someone else, apply it to yourself and say is there truth in that about me, right? I try to do this a lot. And so I was reading that and I'm like, okay, well, what about what Carter and I do that we consider to be work, though we don't get paid for it, but like the podcast, right? Would I ever say this work isn't easy? No! <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't, I was, can I, really, I just say something? It's really freaking easy. This it's the easy. easiest job on the planet. <laughs> you sit around and you look at people's skin color and you say, you're a white male. So your opinion is bad. And if someone is like Megan Merkel, which is what this is about, uh, she's black. Therefore, racism against her. It's the easiest yeah. job I could possibly think of. Even this job is harder. And this job is not hard. I know. That's what. But like I was applying the same criticism. Like, would we ever say this work isn't easy, but somebody's <laughs> got to do it? Well, Carrie, I was about to change our tagline to we are your hopes and your dreams. <laughs> or the, wait, or should it be the hopes and dreams of all downtrodden people? I don't know. Hashtag, we are the hopes. <laughs> right. So we t we're taking suggestions from the little uneducated people, if you'd like to let us know. Um, Listen, ill-informed. <laughs> from the ill-informed. <laughs> we are the hopes and dreams of the ill-informed privileged people. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, it's not easy to sit on our ass and talk all day, but this oh is God. what we came to do. This is what we came to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to really bother me. I can hear an echo, just so you know. But, um, right. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put on a headset or something. But... I uh... get this with me because before I watched the video, before I did anything, I read her tweets and I just was taken aback at her extreme arrogance and lack of introspection and self-awareness. I mean, to say things like that, you can't, you don't, ha you can't have a good, you can't, you can't be very self-aware, I don't think, to be able to put word, put thoughts and it's like to put it out there in that way and not realize how it sounds and how you come off and to re not to realize, she doesn't realize it's arrogant. I don't yeah, know. there's like a, I think there's a, um, 
I think there's a mass malfunction in the leftists' self-awareness module. I heard someone describe this on Twitter uh, about Hillary Clinton today. Like, it, it's the leftists generally, right? Hillary, Hillary actually said, I put my earphone in so you shouldn't have an echo now, Carrie. Uh, Hillary said uh, <laughs> about Bernie, no one likes him. <laughs> like, where's your self-awareness, lady? Um, similarly with Rachel Boyle here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, she's doing so much. I don't know. It's, uh, it's very arrogant. It's very arrogant. So By the way, so this is her. She, on Twitter, she doesn't say where she works. But I found her. It's not that hard. We have things called Google. Slash DuckDuckGo. Um, here she is. Look at what department she's in, Carrie. Children. Children edu education. Yeah. And communities. Wow. That's where she is. Uh and then she's got, you know, she's got her biography about how uh, she was a primary school teacher. Then she lectured in education. Now her research is in race, racism, ethnicity, and education, anti-racist education, student teachers' per perceptions of race, racism, and ethnicity. Um, and yeah, so that's all of her. That's all of her uh, focus. She is an academic who is. So we should go over what happened, Carrie. Because uh, I think we're kind of talking and people that really don't know context. But keep in mind, well, yes, there's some good. I think there's some goodness to this story. But also, think, she's teaching. She's the one teaching children. So do you want to? Do you want to talk about what no, happened think, generally? No, I think we should play the clip. Look, we've played the YouTube 60 Minutes clip before, and you know we gave commentary. And yes, there's the chance that they'll ding us, but it's commentary. It's fair use because we're going to be pausing it and discussing. Okay. So, Carrie, how should we set this up? Before the clip, we play the clip that you're talking about, I just want to say one thing about it. It wasn't just one issue that he was not woke on. He was not woke on several issues. I'm sure you saw yeah. all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, he refused to play the woke game. Yeah. He. So, do you want to you want to see the clip of all the issues and go through them one no. on one? Okay. Let's see the Meghan Markle one where he specifically tangles with this woman. Okay. Um, so at this point in in the clip, he's already made a mild quip against other celebrities because someone asked a question about the carbon footprint of flying, and he said, and and uh, he says, well, I'm not so against flying, sorry. And one of the hosts says, well, obviously as an actor, you got to fly around, and and he says, well, the carbon footprint is huge, but we make up for it by preaching to everyone how they should change. And the, the audience loved it. The audience thought it was funny. All right. Yes. But it's a very mild pushback so far. But then, uh, then we get this pushback. Okay. So they're talking about the Sussex Royals, right? They're talking about Meghan Merkel. And obviously Meghan Merkel is black. And I guess, I don't know, half black. I guess, I don't know if that still counts. Whatever. Meghan Merkel's black. And obviously, I don't actually, Carrie, I can't even introduce this. Well, according to, to? according to SJW ideology, because SJW is a racist, she's half black, so she gets to have half of an opinion on racism. <laughs> right. But who's she married to? <laughs> One of the princes. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't follow this crap. I don't I either. Really it's don't. like it's like Henry or William or someone with it. Who cares? Harry. <laughs> I don't think. Harry. <laughs> Harry. It's Prince, Harry. <laughs> Prince Harry. Okay. Anyway. This kind of crap is going on. People are upset because she, I don't know, they want to leave being royals. Or I guess they still want the upside, but they don't want the duties. I don't know. So uh, here we go. This woman, uh, Rachel Boyle, 
is about to ask a question. Let's watch. Uh, the problem we've got with this is that Meghan has agreed to be Harry's wife, and then the press have torn her to pieces. And let's, let's be really clear about what this is. Let's call it by its name. It's racism. She's a black woman. And she has been torn to pieces. She has been torn to pieces. It's not racism. It absolutely is. Did you hear what she's saying while he's saying we're the most tolerant country? What'd she say? She's saying, says a white privileged man, says a white privileged man. That's that's her response. It's very much like, you know, one of my least favorite people in the world, Michael Eric Dyson, who's another one of these SJW professional SJW charlatans, also an academic, uh, who in his he did a debate with Jordan Peterson. Same thing. Didn't refute his points. Didn't didn't offer any argumentation. Simply called him a privileged white man. They're so (laughs) racist and they're so sexist and that's all they have to offer is commentary on what your race is and what your sex is these people are disgusting yep but at least uh at least this guy this lawrence dude pointed out so let's see what he says it's really what worries boring. me about your comment is you are a white privileged male who has oh, no I was born like this. It's an immutable so you, characteristic. So, so to call me a white privileged male is to be racist. You're being racist. You yeah, so he gets some claps for that too, right? What? Yeah, she can't stand that he called her out and put. See, this is. Uh, I think we are, like others have pointed out, we might be entering a place where the culture, culturally, is turning against this belief system. And. They're not used to this yet. They're not used to people pushing back and pointing out their racism and their sexism. She's shocked, honestly. She continues trying to talk over him, but she is shocked at what he just did because nobody, they're not, they're just not used to that happening. And so much so that on her Twitter, someone, she retweeted, she retweeted this guy who said, um, uh, this is where she's talking about her work. Okay, she retweeted some blue check mark named Femi. I don't know who that is. Um, and Femi says, he quotes Lawrence Fox, quote, I was born this way to call me a white privileged male is racist, end quote. And then in all caps, this guy Femi goes, what the S-H-I-T in all caps? He's like, he can't, what the he can't, F? He can't comprehend that. He can't comprehend that. To call me a white privileged male is racist. This guy's like, what the? Yes, it is racist and it is sexist. That's what you're doing. Well, you're calling him something based on what group he's in. And and that is a racist by de- its basic definition. You are judging this individual based on his group status, based on his race and his sex. And that is a racist and sexist thing. And they, But they aren't used to people pointing that out to them. And so I, lo- I kind of love the fact that they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they're stunned anyway. Yeah, no, and I just want to point out, technically, calling someone a white privileged male is not racist or sexist, but in, but using that as an argument against why they can't have an opinion or why they're wrong about something is racist and sexist. Yes, um, I agree. So To say that your opinion is wrong because you're a white privileged male, and also to assume that all 
white men are privileged is racist and sexist. Yes, that is. And uh, obviously, she's not just making an observation. She's like, she's not raising her hand saying, like, I'm taking a survey and you appear to be a white privileged male. Is that correct? Like, that's not, she's not yeah. doing that. She's saying, I can dismiss your opinion and so can everyone else in the room because you're a white privileged male. That's what she's yes, doing. And exactly. that's obviously racist. Um, but uh, he actually sex? gets an opportunity to go on and talk about this. So uh, okay. the, the hosts actually ask, like, let him continue. in that Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, uh, also took the view that it wasn't racism. I'm not making a, a judgment on that either. <laughs> Look how, by the way, that host, what a, what a lame <laughs> response. I don't want to have to take an opinion on anything. I'm just going to point out that uh, even Meghan Merkel's uh, colleague doesn't think it's racism. But I'm not taking an opinion. I don't want to have an opinion. Okay. Thanks for not having an opinion. Okay. Either way, the woman in the red top there. Lawrence, did you want to come back in for a good? Yeah, I just, I, I think that it's one of the dangerous things about throwing racism around in this country, which we're doing a lot at the moment, is people become so conscious of it. But wait, did you see Carrie? Like wait, wait. Yeah, look her at face. The, look at the face. <laughs> look at the face. Yeah. Of this. Well, man, I missed it. Hold on. Come back in for a good. Yeah, I just, I, I think that it's one of the dangerous things about throwing racism around in this country, which we're doing a lot at the moment. Yeah, this lady, she's like so upset about this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at this white privileged male talking. Why is uh. he even listening? You're not allowed to have an opinion. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, just wait wait a second to see what he brings up. Because uh, <laughs> he goes right for the jugular. He's going to bring up something that we talked about recently. Is people become so conscious of it that things like the Manchester... Uh, grooming scandal get ignored so, wow yeah, you know, need... yeah oh yeah we're, let's talk about manchester right yeah Be careful that we need to call out racism when it's seen when it's obvious and when it's there and we should stand together to condemn it but for... she's she's like blinking i think the npc circuits over here are yeah they're uh yeah. they're misfiring they're not sure how to behave uh oh he's talking about girls getting raped but 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 there's but racism i i i, I we're not supposed to mention this. For fear of sounding racist, there's been a horrific things have happened in Manchester and in towns all over the north of England, and we should be careful and use racism when, when it's there and it's obvious and not a, a call someone racist just because they don't agree with you. Right. Look at the audience. Yeah, I was going to say, basically the audience, I mean, I'm sure not everyone, but it seems like the audience kind of basically agrees, right? A large part of it, yes. Yeah. So, anyway... So he did this and he's been unapologetic and he has uh, been doing some interviews since then where he's been even more articulate against yes. this ideology, which I, I love this. I, know, I didn't know he was. And now I love him. Um, Douglas Murray wrote an essay about which was did you read his piece about it? No, he wrote this piece. That And if you guys don't know, I'm sure most of you, most of the people who watch our show probably do. Douglas Murray has a book out called The Madness of Crowds, which is probably going to be our next book selection for Unsafe Space after Fahrenheit 451. Um, and Douglas Murray just, he wrote this piece that was sort of like pointing out that the people who speak this ideology are totalitarians at heart. They are authoritarians at heart. Right. We've, we've seen them throughout history. They're not a new type of personality. Um, 
this woman, this academic who was speaking to him, she's a totalitarian at heart. Like that's, this is an authoritarian belief system. They want to, they want, there's no room for disagreement with a totalitarian belief system. That's why they have to say, if you disagree, you're evil, you know, you're, it's because you're privileged, it's because you're racist or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you saw people on Twitter complaining that he was quote, forcing his opinion on people. Right? <laughs> the guys, the guys invited him. on stage and asked questions and responds and that's forcing his opinion because that's he disagrees hilarious. with it, right? Um, the thing to really understand funny. about authoritarians so is that okay. like they're authoritarians first and ideologues second. So they are using whatever language and ideology um, they think will most expeditiously lead to authoritarian rule. Like they're not they're first authoritarian. So they they love the language like you couldn't be an authoritarian and be like an actual Nazi, for example, and be successful nowadays because people would recognize your rhetoric as soon as you talk started talking about you know the jews or whatever people would very clearly recognize like oh that's a nazi person that's like we, we recognize this as authoritarianism so we're not going to allow you to rise to power so they need to every time an obvious version of authoritarianism is identified so they just need to use different tools but say mm -hmm. the exact same thing basically um, with the exact same agenda, which is power and authority, and authority, right? Totalitarianism, and they just use whatever tools are in the toolbox that are working, that are resonating with culture today. And so, uh, those tools now are to go around calling people. Well, at least they think those tools are to go around calling people racist right. and sexist. But. Is to pretend to speak on behalf of quote unquote marginalized people who they determine to be marginalized groups. Yeah. So. Here's just really quickly. I just want to read just a brief part of this. He's such an excellent writer, Douglas Murray. He says. <clears throat> In what turned out to be the last year of his life, Roger Scruton, I don't know who that is, I'm ignorant, but anyway, Roger Scruton often mauled on the nature and techniques of 21st century denunciation. For Roger, like others who had seen totalitarian societies up close, knew what intimidation and officially imposed forms of thinking were actually like. Which is not to say, of course, that modern Britain or America are totalitarian societies, only that we have people among us who act with precisely the same techniques as those did in totalitarian societies. In modern Britain, as in communist Czechoslovakia and elsewhere, the habits are the same. A member of a profession comes into their workplace in the morning to find a letter of denunciation signed by all of their colleagues. <laughs> An organ of official opinion castigates someone for having fraternized with the wrong elements. Almost all of this is done by people who think they are doing good. As it happens, I have spent the first part of the year reading Vasily Grossman, and this last notion has been particularly striking of late. Bad things, I completely, under, completely underline this point. Bad things are rarely done by people who think they are doing bad things. They're almost everywhere done by people who imagine they are acting for the common good. Which brings me to Lawrence Fox or rather the response to Lawrence Fox in recent days. So he talks about how after this appearance and how the Wokarati, this online mob of SJWs went crazy. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but afterwards he, uh, here it is, uh, in the real world, the actors union equity issued a Soviet style denunciation of Fox. I saw that, but he's not yeah. actually a member of that union, so. The union's, and either way, the denunciation happened. The union's, yeah. quote, minority ethnic members committee. 
which is so Orwellian, called on all fellow actors to, quote, unequivocally denounce Fox and labeled him a, quote, disgrace to our industry, end Mm. quote. For the clip we just saw, guys, um, this denunciation stayed up for a time before Equity wisely decided to take the official denunciation down, but other actors attacked Fox for his, quote, rants, end quote, rather than arguments. Look what they did there. And Lily Allen demonstrate. Anyway, he goes on to make fun of Lily Allen. Yeah. But at the end, he talks about something remarkable is happening and how this guy refused to apologize and continued to do interviews and did well. And so this is the part, part at the very end that gives, again, I think I think uh, there are several people who have been following this belief system for a while uh, who are starting to say, and I, I agree, that I think culturally the tide is starting to turn. We're witnessing the beginning of the tide turning. Um, he said, uh, which is why we should watch, this is the last paragraph, which is why we should watch the fallout from situations like this carefully. What is important now is not the minority of bullies and would-be totalitarians. People are increasingly proving able to survive their onslaughts. What matters now is observing who stands up and survives the stampedes so that we can replicate such successes until such a time as the new totalitarians go the way of the old ones. That was a very hopeful ending to that piece. But yeah, I mean, I hope he's right. I mean, the, I think, thank thank you for letting me read it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think culturally, um, I think he's probably right. And we talked about this. There is cultural, there's starting to be more cultural pushback. I mean, this guy wasn't booed out of the studio. He was clapped by the average people there. Right. And even the hosts didn't, um, push back on him, really. Uh, you know, the the one lady gave him a little, you know, she, she gave him some slant eye or whatever, stink eye or whatever, but uh, she, you know, she, right? But she didn't, yeah. no one really said anything to him. Um, and he actually, I don't know if you know, he was also sexist at the end, quote sexist at the end, right? Uh, they asked him about political candidates and <clears throat> yes, uh, he said something about he likes this one guy as, as possible. Uh, threat to Boris Johnson and uh, and one of the hosts and said, well, you don't think any of the four women? And he They was made like, it about women. They made it about sex. Yeah, because I guess there was four women and one guy, or at least maybe more than one guy, but whatever. They said, well, you don't think any of the four women candidates could do this? And, and he, he was like, it's not about the women. Uh, you know, and then he was like, geez, it's not about the women. And then he says, sorry, let me rewind any of the women is that better he like totally mocked him he's like any woman it's really important what gender or sex you are rather than what your policies are and how you approach politics come on that that was his response so that's uh, what they do all the time they they say that crap all the time they make it sound like they would be happy with any woman that it's just about the sex and and race it's like who cares what the qualifications are but if Look at the sex and the race, guys. No, that's, they, they focus on the least important things. So Yeah. I, I carry it. I'm wondering if it will, it's going to get. So we're starting to see more and more celebrity types speak out uh, a little bit. Um, and, you know, for the average person, there's obviously a lot of fear of speaking out because you could get fired, as you just read in... Um, Douglas Murray's article, uh, you can get fired, you can get ostracized, you can you know, lose your job, and people have mortgages and, and kids and 
mm-hmm. you know, risking that is, is a problem. But, you know, eventually, uh, it, I think eventually it starts to get easier. Like maybe it's very easy for super powerful people like Ricky Gervais to say what he wants because he doesn't care if he gets invited back to host the Golden Ricky Globe. Gervais and right? Dave Chappelle right. have enough power and clout that can say whatever they want. Right. And then this guy, like he's a step down. Like I never heard of him. Uh, maybe he's famous in the UK, but he's not internationally famous or wasn't. But he feels like he doesn't care anymore. Um, and I think eventually, eventually you'll see, hopefully you'll see this kind of trickle down so that uh, regular people at, in their careers will be able to say, I disagree with this. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how to get away with that now. Like, I don't want to encourage anyone to go get yourself fired by standing up. Um, but, you know, it is possible. It's not, this is not a, you're not guaranteed to get fired. And maybe the right thing to do is to find other allies at your workplace who, I can't believe I, I can't, I don't want to use the word allies because they've corrupted it, but you know what I mean? Other, <laughs> other, other wrong thinkers at your workplace. Yes. Um, <laughs> who, other uh, comrades. Yes. Yeah. Other, <laughs> other comrades who agree and, and who, who want to stand up against this blatant intersectional racism. And, um, and I think racism and sexism are the two most obvious things to stand up against. And maybe, um, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe an answer is to be more proactive and, and like together as a group decide you're all going to say something on the same day about the same thing and like see if they can't fire all of you. I don't know. Um, but it's time to start pushing back, people. I mean, it's easy for me to say because I did and already burned all my bridges and, and yeah. Carrie, Carrie has already also done, done that. I've already burned all my bridges, yeah. Yeah, you're not getting this back. This work into... isn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The work isn't easy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, 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 they're relying on your fear. They're relying that there, that woman, uh, that woman was relying on Rachel Boyle was relying on Lawrence Fox's fear. She was, she wanted to say like, she said it was sexist and she was relying on his fear to not speak up. And then when he did speak up, she threw the white male privilege thing at him. And she was relying on that, the fear of like that, to be enough to shut him up and shut him it down. But at work. the end, it's it's a it's a paper tiger, like it, it's a magic word. And if the magic yeah. doesn't work on you, they don't have anything else. Right. They don't have arguments. All they have are these racist. Right. This, this person attacks. is a a researcher, a race and ethnicity researcher. Think about this just for a second. She's a race and ethnicity researcher. She lectures at universities. She teaches teachers how to deal with race, right? Which is scary. Um, And her go-to argument is you're a white male. That's that's her go-to argument. That is the most inane. That's the that that in 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 debate circles of old, that's when you lose the debate. She she went directly to ad hominem, a racist ad hominem, directly. There was not even a do not stop it, go, do not try and have another argument, just boom, racist ad hominem. She has literally nothing. Her entire degree, all of her studies are worth literally zero because the the cream of the crop, the best she can do to argue with him is to come up with a racist ad hominem. That is pathetic. But see, this is what, just like the, uh, what's his name? The one, the other guy I don't like, um, Michael Eric Dyson. He's also some type of racism focused academic what they've done is 
they have they are teaching racism in the guise of ending racism. So she is a race and ethnic studies academic whose job is to go and teach people how to how to be racist, how to employ racism. It's very Orwellian. It's, oh, it's yeah. It's totally. named the exact opposite of what it is. That's totally. it's 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 fascinating when you think about it how 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 they've been able to get away with this for so long and it's so many institutions and there's so many of these people now on the staff. Well, just to be clear, preaching her, this stuff. Yeah, her job is to teach teachers how to indoctrinate students to be racist. That's her job. Yeah. Right, and just like Douglas Murray says, she's one of these people throughout history who probably, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, I don't know if Carter will, but I think she probably believes she's doing good. Because I was an SJW. I believed I was doing good. I know a ton of people who are in it who believe they're doing good. They've conv- That's how you get good, so-called good people to do evil things. You have to convince yeah. them it's a good thing they're doing. And, and, then, and then they go along with it. It's, this is, you, looking at her, it's like, like we said, there have been lots of you throughout history. You, the type of role that you are playing is one of a person who is committing evil in the name of good and probably with the belief that you're doing good. And that's how you get, that's how you get so-called good people. That's how you get them to justify evil. Well, the other thing that needs to happen, I think is um, you need to be in a culture where regular people aren't calling you out because a lot of, a lot of people's moral compass is partly, it shouldn't be really, but uh, I guess it's semi-rational that this is, but a lot of people, you know, their moral compass is partly dependent on feedback from from the community. So um, she goes and preaches racism. And what does she get? She gets praise. She gets mm-hmm. jobs. She gets told that she's fine. No one pushes back, right? She gets praise yeah. on Twitter. It's It's the responsibility of all of us in a culture, no matter what your role is. It, it doesn't matter whether you're an academic or you're a... Uh, day laborer or you're a tech person or it doesn't matter where you are part of your responsibility and it's a small responsibility living in society is to push back just a little bit on the people who preach this crap around you because they need to know they need to get that sense that they do not have universal moral approval from people around them they if if i she's probably the type of person that if everyone around her everyone around her said it was racist she would drop it and switch to something else, right? Oh, yeah. That it, it's, she's partly taking her guide from us, from everyone else around yes. her, who's not standing up to her and saying, hey, Rachel, you're being a racist, right? This yeah. is racism. So you don't have to have a university, you don't have to have a, a degree in racism, you don't have to have a PhD. You could be this person's gardener. <laughs> point, to, point out to her that she's racist. Point yeah. out that she's being racist. She needs to feel and hear pushback from everyone around her. And and right now, the people who are moral are too afraid to say one iota of anything against any. They're, they're just they're all just too afraid. We're not. We've lost our courage. It's Don't the, be so no, afraid. No, but we're starting to get it back. That's the point we're at. We're starting. To, people are start like this Lawrence Fox guy. Yeah, we are starting to get it back. But but yes, we had. We've, we had lost it for a long time. People have lost it for a long It's a case of the emperor has no clothes, where everybody is pretending like the emperor is dressed. 
And right. all it takes is for one little kid or someone to start pointing out, like, you're naked. Like, <laughs> you're saying something racist. <laughs> right. And and look, like, I would gather most people don't agree with her. No. So if if people started pushing back, you would not be in the minority, right? Even even a company that's woke like Google, I imagine there are enough employees who who don't like this that if they all pushed back, they couldn't fire all of them, right? Um, they would have to change their culture internally. They would have to rethink how they're doing things. Even at a and I'm I'm using Google as an example of probably the the worst, most evil, biggest behemoth, uh, and 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 largest pusher of this intersection ideology I can think of. And they have a history of firing. They fired uh, James uh, Damore. So, yeah. um, but still, if if it was James and, you know, 10,000 others, and I'm sure there's 10,000 people that work at Google that agree with him, uh, they wouldn't all fire. They wouldn't all get fired. Something would change at Google. So I have to tell you, I tell you something I didn't tell you yet this morning. Uh-oh. Last night on a whim, I went to an open mic stand-up night down in Austin, which is wo- super woke Austin, uh. right? And I did an, I did a set making – I did like two-minute open mic, which I did it because it terrifies me. And like I've worked in comedy. I've worked in close proximity to comedians, but I've never wanted to be the person with the microphone because it's just not – I don't have an attraction to that. It's terrifying. This used to be terrifying, but it's not anymore because I – done it enough. But so I felt like I want to do this thing that really scares me. And I want to, I want to get used to being, I want to get used to speaking in that context. And so, uh, whether it's lectures, whatever, I want to get better at speak public speaking. So anyway, long congratulations, by the way, that's cool that you did it. You just do it. It's cool. Yeah. It was terrifying. And my friend went yeah. with me and I was like, do you want to film me bombing in front of a bunch of woke, woke people? <laughs> I, you, I bet you didn't bomb. You know what? I got a few laughs and I, my whole two minutes was making fun of woke culture. And these, this was an audience of probably predominantly woke people. And they, I got a few laughs and even like one of the woke people who had done a set before me came up afterwards and complimented me. And I was like, Whoa, maybe the woke are getting sick of it too. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think a lot of them are, are they're doing it because they're, uh, they're social metaphysicians, which we've talked about before. Like they're doing it because that's how to get praise and adulation. They don't really care too much. And so they're, some of them are probably capable of seeing the ridiculousness of their own ideology. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I think I did it in such a way that it, it wasn't like I was preaching at them. In fact, I kept saying before I went up there, I was like, oh, I don't want to be, I was saying to myself that, that thing about, um, I was thinking of that story of the magician, I forget his name, that's in the book, Love Your Enemies, and about how every time before he would perform, he would say a prayer of gratitude for whoever's there. And so Mm -hmm. instead of looking at these people as woke SJW Austinites who are probably going to hate what I'm about to say, I was looking at them and thinking, I am so grateful for that there are people sitting here who can help me get over my fear of public speaking. <laughs> I'm well, so Carrie, grateful. <laughs> Carrie, you know what I have to ask you to do right now, right? What? I have to ask you to do your routine. Oh, come on. No? No, no. I'm going to practice. I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to get better where I, I want to get to where I don't have to get to where I'm really 
funny or make a lot of, get a lot of laughs. I just have to get to the point where I'm not afraid anymore. Like where I'm not shaking, holding the microphone and were you shaking? Uh, and like, was yeah. Your sweat? yeah. <laughs> I was totally shaking and I, you know, I'm learning how to deal with the, like a, a fear and stuff like that. You know, it's good. It's good for me B- because I was so afraid and, and I kept thinking, I don't want to do this. I just want to leave. And then I'm like, no, that means you're effing doing it. Like if you want to leave and you're scared, that means you're doing it. And so it, it was, it was good. And afterwards, and I also uh, felt like, well, you know, uh, I gave up drinking it and this is sort of, I was, I was like, maybe this sounds terrifying. Maybe it'll be a high. <laughs> <laughs> was it a high? It was a bit of an adrenaline high. <laughs> I mean, you know, I enjoy, I'm a, a kind of an adrenaline junkie. I love, um, I love things you know that I'm, I'm one of those anyway i'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie so in that way i was it sort of it wasn't so bad afterward but yeah it was oh, shaky nice yeah but but my point being it went over much better than i expected and i think the woke themselves are getting exhausted with it and they want a well, reason I mean, to I laugh think there at are, it there aren't as many true believers as you would imagine i think most mm-hmm. of the mouthpieces are uh, like I said, they're picking up the tools that they think will be working for whatever they're trying to accomplish. So uh, I think a lot of comedians, I mean, you've mentioned this before, a lot of comedians is an example. They just, they're picking up the woke tools because that's yeah. what they think they need to do, but they'll, they'll throw them back down the minute that uh, they're not required anymore and they'll pick up whatever other tool. Now, I don't think that's very uh, noble of them, but that's how a lot of people operate. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Carter, well, I very much enjoyed speaking with you today. I think that we've <laughs> we need our five followers back. No, we don't. It's fine. We don't. You fair weather five followers. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh well. Uh, thank you guys for watching and tuning in. If you like the video, please share and hit subscribe if you haven't already. You can go to unsafespace.com and we have some resources there. We have book club coming up on February 2nd. The book that we're currently reading is Fahrenheit 451. If you want to be a part of the video discussion with us on camera, uh, send an email to speak at unsafespace.com and let Carter know that you want to get the video link and he'll send it to you much closer to the date. You're not going to get it right now. Um, if you don't want to be on camera and you just want to be in the chat, it's going to be a live discussion on February 2nd. So you can be in the chat like our other live videos. And when we talk about the book, um, if you want to support financially, go to subscribestar.com. You can donate any amount of money. It helps us out and go forth and be the best version of yourself today. Don't, don't be the butthole version of yourself. (laughs) Well said, Carrie Smith. Have a good day.